What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, all right. It's time for Buckeye Grove Instant Access. It's about time. With the latest breaking news, analysis, and much, much more from around the world of Ohio State. Brought to you by BuckeyeGrove.com and the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. There's so money and you don't even know it. Let's move quickly and hand it off to our host, Kevin Noon. It's time to start running! Hey, welcome to the BIA Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Noon, and I am flying solo here on Monday, January 25th, 2021. Uh, Been kind of a hodgepodge kind of week for the Buckeyes. We're going to talk a little bit of football, football recruiting, men's basketball, maybe even uh, the conference championship games in the NFL. I don't know. Whatever comes to mind. going to try and do a quick show, though, as a solo show. Um, Let's start with football recruiting. And it was a big weekend for the Buckeyes as they had Rajon Davis on campus on an unofficial self-guided visit with his family, with his parents and with an uncle. And, you know, when, when I say an unofficial visit, that doesn't mean an unofficial visit in terms of what people normally would think of where, you know, you pay for to come on your own, but you can still go to the facilities. You still meet with the coaches or whatnot. We're still in a dead period. So none of that is on the table. This is, Coming out, your self-guided tours around campus, whatever it is that you can do on your own, get kind of familiar with campus, get kind of familiar with the town. You know, hey, there's the stadium. Hey, there's the library. Hey, there's, you know, the Woody. But, you know, you're not you're not able to go in and, and, and sit down with Ryan Day. You're not able to go in and, and see inside the locked areas of, of the Woody Hayes complex. But, you know, this was an important piece for Ohio State's pursuit of this Rivals 100 linebacker out of out of Santa Ana, California, Modern Day High School, a rival high school of the high school I went to, not that anybody asked. And maybe saying rival would be unfair because Modern Day always kicked the crap out of Irvine, where I went to school. So... <laughs> Uh, Irvine certainly hates modern day. Modern day probably isn't even aware of Irvine high, even though they're only, they're less than 10 miles apart. But, uh, we had the opportunity to catch up with Rajon on Saturday night during his visit. 
And that's something normally you do not have the opportunity to do because when they're in on a a regular visit, something that the university kind of has some control over one way or the other, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to interview these kids. You're not supposed to bug them or anything like that. But with the dead period going on, we had the opportunity and, you know, big shout out to the Davis family for working with us on this because it's certainly not something that we would have over pursued and pestered and harassed and harangued to, you know, make happen. They worked with us throughout, you know, this entire process and we had the opportunity to meet Rajon on, on Saturday night at his hotel uh, in the short North area of Columbus and by all accounts, everything was going terrific. Uh, really enjoyed every opportunity he had to to see the campus, to go around town. I know that they went to Easton, which always seems to be kind of a uh, a nice visit for anybody who comes to town. Not that in Southern California you don't have South Coast Plaza and some places like that to go, but uh, everything seemed to go well, and... I think what is most important for this type of visit is it was getting the parents on board with the idea of seeing their son potentially go to school thousands of miles away. And it's not to say that they were never in favor of that. Remember, Davis was an LSU commit. And if LSU hadn't kind of fallen apart, if you will, I think he still would be an LSU commit. And that has nothing to do necessarily with them having a bad season. They're moving through defensive coordinators, having a lot of coaching changes. There's, you know, some, they just, they had a self-imposed one-year bull ban, which was kind of funny because the team was not very good this year. That means there could be other problems that still come up with the NC2A. Uh, It's just kind of a mess. So Davis backs off of that decision. Everybody believes that uh, USC, the hometown school, is going to be the de facto shoe-in to land him. And if we're being honest with ourselves, I would say up until about two weeks ago, that's probably right. Uh, You know, you get to play at home. You know, SC is doing a pretty decent job of keeping local guys home. But on the other side, can we sit there and say that Clay Helton is secure in that job? Probably not. Uh, Sure, the Trojans made it to the Pac-12 championship game. Lost. But, you know, they made it to the championship game. But it was also, it was 2020. What did the the Pac-12 play? Six-game season? Something like that? I mean, how many of those teams actually went through and was a, were able to play all of their games? So, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to diminish what SC was able to do last year. And it certainly buys Helton some time. But, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see Helton there in 23 or 24. And... You know, I don't know what Davis's mindset is in terms of what, how heavy that weighs on his decision. Certainly not something that I was going to discuss with him. You know, I wanted to discuss, you know, Ohio State. This was about his visit to Ohio State. You know, how, what are, 
what have you enjoyed seeing? How important is the depth chart? You know, things of that nature. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't know at this point how important some of that is, but you got to figure it's very important. But now, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions from fans. Why haven't you flipped your future cast? Why haven't you done anything? Got to let him get home, decompress a little bit and put this all into focus. I want to flip my future cast to Ohio state. I really do. But I don't know if that is an overreaction on my part of seeing him and his parents and his uncle all smiles and everything else. I don't, you know, let him have an opportunity to weigh everything. You know, you know, USC is going to reach out to him as much as they can within the legal limits of how recruiting works to try and undo everything that was done over this weekend. And we're less than 10 days away from signing day. So if we were further down the line, if we were to get two days away from signing day, might not be a lot of time for anything to be undone. And that doesn't mean Ohio State's just going to sit there and say, well, we're just riding on what it is we've done. He came out here, you know, he ate at Thurman Cafe, and I don't know if he had a Thurman burger. I don't know if he went there. I I, I did pass on that that might be a fun place to eat at, but I, you know, I didn't ask him where he ate or anything like that. You know, he saw the oval. He saw, you know, he saw the Woody from outside. I mean, that's all well and good, but you know, I don't know. I'm, I, you held my feet to the fire right now. What the hell? I, I'll say Ohio state, but I don't know with nine days and SC is going to put the full court press on him. And, and, and he does have a top five. He does have Oregon in there. He said, he did tell me that, you know, that maybe a visit to Oregon could still happen between now and signing day. We'll see. But I also know that if, even if he doesn't visit Oregon, that doesn't mean that the ducks are out. He's been up there before. He knows enough. He has two other schools in the top five with LSU and Vanderbilt. You know, if we're being honest with ourselves, I don't, Kids normally don't go back to a place that they decommit from. So I think LSU is kind of done. And Vanderbilt, you know, they've, they've had some changes there in terms of, of, of the staff. I mean, it certainly goes to show that, you know, this kid certainly is more than just a football player. You know, Vanderbilt, fantastic academic school mm, about football. I don't know. But uh, I don't think Vandy is is realistic in terms of where we stand and the schools he has on his list. You know, I'm not going to disrespect his top five, but it's my job to kind of make some decisions on what I think of this and what I think of that. And I just don't think Vandy is really in the mix. So it's OSU and USC one and one A. And then I think Oregon is like, yeah, I'll even say a one B. I mean, I think that they're very close. I think that they're very close. So we'll, you know, we'll kind of see and we'll stay on this one as we try to figure out what's going on as we are nine days out from National Signing Day. But I also want to sit there and say for those of you who follow recruiting and are, are saying National Signing Day is just the beginning of the signing period, and that is correct. And Ohio State has almost its entire class done. I mean, They've got 15 guys already enrolled on campus. So, you know, there's just a, you know, a few guys that aren't here that are going to be summer enrollees. And then 
you know, it looks like there are two targets on the board, and that's uh, Davis and then the talented uh, defensive lineman out of Washington State, JTT. And when you uh, when you look at JTT, I'll you know I'll say this: he wants to take his visits in order to make his decision in the worst way. I don't know if the NC two A is going to do anything in terms of any relief being there to take your visits. And, you know, are, are, are we sitting there? I mean, I don't even know where the dead period runs through at this point. Is it April 1? Is it April 15? Is it June 1? I'm not sure. I just don't know if we're going to be at a point where the NC2A, which acts in a, an abundance of caution, really in terms of for self-insulation, is going to change anything at that point. And I really don't know what kind of message it would send if they do all of a sudden open it up for all these, you know, for all these kids who've signed kind of sight unseen to schools and then they open it up. And I, and, and, and I understand that it's extraordinary circumstances to when you sit there and you don't sign either on the early or the late signing day. So, you know, you can't necessarily put it all in terms of, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a situation that's constantly evolving. But I'm of the mindset that I don't think that the NC2A is going to budge. So JTT could sit there and wait and drag it out and still not end up taking any visits. And, you know, who who's Ohio State's biggest threat? It's Alabama, as always. Ohio State and Alabama are always going to be going head-to-head on these types of kids. And, you know, it's pretty expensive real estate where you're at in terms of these are, you know, two of the bluest of blue bloods out there. But then again, you'd rather be competing against them for these types of kids than going after guys that nobody's really that interested in in the first place. So... And you need to win some of these battles. I mean, obviously, Alabama won on J.C. Latham. Ohio State certainly has won on, on its fair share of kids. So it's it's not like Ohio State is going up against the bully of the block and not winning any and not landing any shots. Ohio State certainly is. And I think Ohio State wins this one. But I don't think that I, – I'm, I'm, I'm not confident that we are going to know anything February 3rd. I'm not confident we're going to know anything February 10th. I think it's, I think really it's just going to be a matter of kind of seeing what happens. I mean, the signing period runs for several weeks, but even after the signing period is done, there's still like financial paperwork that you can sign that is kind of akin to a, a national letter of intent. And we've, we've seen kids go beyond signing day, trail prior, and we've seen kids go beyond the signing period, but that's much more infrequent. So I'm feeling good about Ohio state's opportunity and chances on landing JTT, but be patient. Don't sit there and put February 3rd as a line in the sand and say, well, they don't sign him by that period. They're not getting him. No, it just may take some time and to be patient. And that's, and that that's not something that recruiting fans are known to have an abundance of that's patience, but be patient there. You've got class of 2022 to look at 
and Ohio State's doing very well on that front. And I think once we kind of get uh, beyond signing day, I think you can see things pick up there a little bit more. Not like Ohio State isn't already sitting with a fantastic class with a handful of guys there. But I think we could see that pick up there. But you generally see the year in advance class slow down a little bit as you get closer to the signing day of the previous class. So that could that could speed up. And I'm not and I'm and I'm not speaking with any knowledge of, well, this kid's deciding on this day and this kid's deciding on that day. I'm just saying in general. I'm just I'm just speaking in broad in broad strokes. But those are my thoughts on recruiting right now. Um, we will talk about the Ohio State men's basketball team and what's going on with them and a little bit more on the other side of this quick break. Egg Water Conditioning has been treating well in city water in central Ohio with American-made water filtration products for over 60 years. Have a water quality problem? The water treatment experts at Haig know how to solve it. Not sure if your water softener is working? They will test, inspect, and sanitize any brand of water softener for only $20. Schedule a system checkup or water test today by calling 614-836-2195 or visit them online at HaigH2O.com. That's H-A-G-U-E-H2O.com. Welcome back to the BIA Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Noon. I am flying solo today on Monday, January 25th. Didn't think I was going to go like 15 minutes on recruiting, so we're already well into the show. Uh, as I said, I want to talk a little bit about men's basketball, and I'm recording this right before the new AP poll comes out. And when Ohio State let a lead evaporate against Purdue 67-65 on Tuesday, and we all thought that Ohio State probably would you know, drop out of the teens. Ohio State was 15th in the, this week. Uh, probably, you know, drop out of there. You know, another one of those inexplicable games to where Ohio State comes out and plays well for most of the game, gets into late late second half action, the shot selection deteriorates, and a game gets away. But then on Saturday, they go to Wisconsin, a place that they hadn't won since, I believe, 2017, and they kind of manhandle the uh, Badgers, 74-62. And, you know, now you kind of look at the situation and is it a case of, you know, does Ohio State, after going one and one this week, do they maintain 15? Do they go up a little? Do they slide a little? There were a lot of losses in the top 25 this week. I mean, a lot of teams dropped two. So I think Ohio State could potentially move up a little. But, you know, that means nothing if Ohio State doesn't come out and perform well this week. And they have a game on Wednesday that was not initially there because they had a long stretch between games. They're making up a a previously postponed game against Penn State. And that'll be at at, uh, Value City Arena uh, on Wednesday the 27th at 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network. And then Ohio State has Michigan State coming to town on Sunday the 31st. And neither Penn State nor Michigan State are necessary. I mean, Penn State is not a program that you're going to generally put in the top three, top four of the conference. And that's, you know, that's all well and good. But uh, if you if you look past Penn State, that they're, they're the type of team that still could get you. And people are like, okay, well, you say that. But Penn State is near the bottom of the league. They're two and five. They're five and six overall. I mean, they don't have as many games as some other guys because of some COVID issues. But you know, believe you me, 
it's absolutely the type of game that Ohio State could trip up on if Ohio State is not dialed in. You know, if Dwayne Washington kind of gets away from the game plan, if, you know, Ohio State turns the ball over a bunch, if Ohio State falls in love with a three and comes out and shoots 18% from distance, you know, it could end up being a dangerous game. And then on the tail end of that, you got Michigan State, who really is not playing very well either. They're two and four in the league, eight and four overall. Um, you, you're getting close to February. I mean, Michigan State is a team year in and year out that really seems to get better as the year goes on. But Sparty has not been able to flip the switch yet this year. When you sit there and you you look at the top of the league and you know you've got you got one, two, three, four, five. You got six teams that have at least six conference wins. Michigan has eight, but they're on a two-week pause for all athletics right now. Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio State, Purdue, all sitting with six wins in, in, in conference play. You know, so for two games that are not ranked, I think this is going to be a very important week stretch for the Ohio State men's basketball team to kind of get an idea of who they are and what they are. If they win these two games that they're going to be obviously favorited in and they win them with ease, you know, Ohio State's going to be right in the, in the conversation for, you know, if, if as long as the Big Ten tournament goes on as it normally should in, in, its, in its regular uh, format, you know, right up there for a double bye, uh, you know, for a pretty good seed in, in, the, in the NC2A tournament. If Ohio State splits these games or worse yet does worse than that, you know, this is a team that, you know, could really could be about anywhere from two to nine in the, in, in, in the conference race. So, you know, I think that we're going to learn a lot when it comes to this team this week. Uh, you know, Ohio State got C.J. Walker back in advance of the uh, Wisconsin game. You know, there were some limitations there, but I think it was important for them to have, you know, their main point guard back. I still think that they need to try and find a way to get some meaningful minutes out there for Michi Johnson. I just think that having another uh, another shooter out there is important. Ohio State, I think, is just better when it's able to run a little deeper. I know as we get into February and certainly into March, benches shorten. But Ohio State's been getting a lot of production out of guys that, you know, maybe you weren't expecting to to produce the way that they are. You, uh, you're getting production, a lot of production out of Justin Arns. I mean, he's, what, 50% from three right now? I mean... He has seen some significant minutes, and he has been playing very well. You know, Michi Johnson out there, you know, you're certainly getting production out of, out of Zed Key when he comes out there, you know, spelling uh, EJ Liddell. So I don't think it is a bad situation for them to keep that bench out at eight or nine guys, especially when they've been having to deal with the injuries the way they have. them missing games with uh, with Walker. Still don't have Jimmy Sotos after he dealt with a shoulder issue. Still don't have Diallo. It's been real kind of hit or miss when Musa Jallo's been out there in the lineup. 
But, you know, this is a fun team to watch. And if you haven't been watching them, I highly recommend to watch them because they're fun. They're they're, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, let's move back to football here quickly, and I won't spend a lot of time with this. I promise we'll talk about it in an upcoming podcast. We just had a story post here recently. I'm trying to figure out who wrote it. Uh, Marcus Horton wrote it about uh, about the quarterback battle for Ohio State. I mean, obviously, Justin Fields is on his way out. So the question there is who is going to, uh, you know, who's going to step into that position? Who's going to be the guy? You got uh, C.J. Stroud. You've got Jack Miller. You've got Kyle McCord. All three of them have combined for zero collegiate passes. Stroud and Miller both were in the program this year. Both of them had touchdown runs, but attempted zero passes. You know, conventional wisdom would say to give them a significant edge because they're a year in the program. But I, I say this. They didn't have, you know, despite being early enrollees, they did not have spring. You had three spring practices before the world changed. You lose spring, you lose summer, and then you get fall. And the fall certainly was anything but a normal situation. I mean, you know, small group workouts, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of safety measures put in place, which you know, want to be safe, but it wasn't it wasn't a, a traditional buildup. And then you get into the season, and in that seven game season or, you know, six games in the Big Ten, or five, plus one in the championship game is six. Then the Clemson win is seven, so I guess Alabama would be eight. Justin Fields gets pretty much all the reps as as he needed to keep going through all of that. I mean, I know that, you know, as he kind of got dinged up, I think Stroud probably got more and, and Miller got more at that point. But, but truthfully speaking, you're not dealing with a case of where they're getting the same amount of work that a backup quarterback would get during other years. So does that mean that I'm saying that Kyle McCord is going to come in and just take the job? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm also saying don't sleep on Kyle McCord. I don't think that there is a night and day difference in terms of experience. I mean, yes, they've had a year within the program to learn the playbook to understand this, that, and the other. But it's not like you're dealing with somebody that has, you know, played in five games and has 110 pass attempts and five, six touchdowns. It's going to be an interesting battle to see what comes of that. And with that, I am going to call it a show. And, you know, we will come back later in the week, maybe touch upon that more. I'm definitely looking to do some stuff on the upcoming NFL draft as well. Maybe that'll be this week. Maybe that'll be next week. I'm not sure. And, you know, I, I think it's almost time for us to do another recruiting show. So I'm going to talk to Joseph Hastings and see if maybe we can get something together with that as well too, especially as we get ready to close in on this regular traditional national signing day. Maybe by then we'll know a little bit more of what's going on with Rajon Davis. I want to thank you for spending about a half hour with us here on the BIA podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Noon. If you're not already a member at BuckeyeGrove.com, I urge you to check us out. 
great community, all the coverage you need to, you know, bring all this Ohio State coverage right into your living room or office or your cell phone or wherever it is that you like to check out the internet. But once again, I'm Kevin. I want to thank you for listening, and we will talk to you here very soon. Be sure to stay up to date with Buckeye Grove Instant Access when the news breaks or after the big game. Exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher as part of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. Hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know and never miss a single episode. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.